Good morning. Today is November 30th. 25 degrees, about 9.04 a.m. November 30th, big day. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a Saturday. We had Thanksgiving a few days ago, and that was nice. It's nice not to have, you know, work for two weekends in a row. I mean, uh, for four days, which is two weekends. Never mind. <coughs> kind of scattered today. Today's a big day. Um, in about a couple of hours, we are going out to uh, help at a soup kitchen. And then after that, I am going to read, I mean record, and edit the last ever episode of Envito Rex. I am that close. Once it is recorded and edited, I'm ready to ship it. I'm going to format it tonight. <clears throat> Make sure the latest version is available up on Smashwords. I'll send it to Kindle, but you know how they are. Could be days. Could be weeks. <clears throat> Could be Monday. I don't know. Key thing for me is... InVitoRx is ready. It's ready to ship. I'm going to have it done today and sent out and uh, be selling copies next week. Going to be uh, finishing up the podcast. At this point, I should have all kinds of promotions planned, but recently I've found myself thinking along the Nathan Lowell lines, which is to say there's no promotion as great as writing the next book. So I'm kind of planning to take it easy, but with the whole being sick and everything, the kinds of promotions that I've got are things like the print version of the book. It's going to have QR codes that link to a web page where anybody can comment on the individual chapters or you could read the individual chapter. So if you bought the print book, you can jump automatically to a chapter online just by snapping a picture of it and checking the QR code. So that's kind of cool. Um, what else? My ideas of promotion. Honestly, I'm just going to do the simple, basic things. Tell my friends. Uh, after a couple of months, probably put together a book bub uh, thing. Um, get it out to those ebook reviewers that I know. And I'm not. I'm really not too worried about it because. I don't have that body of work. I mean, Nathan Lowell, Scott Sigler, all these guys, they didn't get really noticed until they had a bunch of books. 
Is that a woodpecker? It is. Hey there, little woodpecker. I don't know if you can see that in the video, but he's basically just going to town on a branch there. Anyway, so, uh, what else? Um, Goodreads, gotta do a giveaway there. And of course I'm gonna have to work on the paperback version. I mean, formatting and everything for the next week or so. Gotta finish the podcast, gotta finish the print version. Uh, Goodreads giveaway. Uh, Bookbub. Patio books. Uh, once, once I've got all three of the, I mean, once I've got the last three episodes finished, I'm going to submit it to Patio Books, and as soon as that's available up online, I got to switch out the RSS feed so that it points to them. I don't know what I'm going to do about Apple. I ran into a problem with Patio Books and uh, iTunes last time because. I created my own RSS feed for my own files, and then Patio Books had their own, which means there were two things up there labeled as Tumblr. One of them had the new cover art by Cheyenne Wright, the other one had the old cover art, which was me taking clip art and throwing it together. So that wasn't great. Um, it was mostly, mostly annoying because some of the people who tuned in and listened on iTunes made nice comments and gave it high ratings for both of them. And you can't help but think, would it have done better if there was only one feed and they were all commenting and plus wanting it in the same location? But that's as maybe if I have to. I'll take down the uh, the current RSS feed. I don't think anybody's left comments or rate, excuse me, ratings on it yet, so it should not be too sorely missed. But yeah, it's a day of management or week. Getting back to the management of writing. And I don't even worry about doing the management of writing because every morning I get up and I write another thousand words. And even if I spend all week my waking time doing real management-y kind of stuff, podcasts and editing and things that are not writing, I don't feel bad because I know that I'm getting those thousand words every day and I'm writing more than I ever have. And that's cool. NaNoWriMo ends today. And I'm seeing my Facebook feed fill with people who crunched on the last day and finally made it. I'm very proud of you guys. That is quite a thing. It's a thing to be proud of. It's also a thing to put in the drawer for a few months. Not just the now I need to go find an agent kind of 
I know everybody's saying, don't, don't publish it right now. It's actually going to be pretty funny that I'm putting a book out right after NaNoWriMo. When everybody says the absolute worst time to put a book out is December 1st. Sorry, Miss Ripley is with me and there are dogs barking in the distance, which means we must constantly check our sticks. Um, yeah, everybody says don't publish your nano book unedited and I don't know why they bother to say it because there's two kinds of people. There's the people who realize, hey, I'm serious about writing. I did all this work. Now I'm going to do the right thing and edit it, show it to beta readers, go through all this stuff. So there's the professionals, and then there's non-professionals. The kind of people who would think, hey, I just put 50,000 words together. I'm going to publish it. I'm going to send a whole bunch of letters to a whole bunch of publishers, and if I believe hard enough and clap my hands, then I'm sure it'll work. And that person is not going to understand you saying, don't do it. So really, there was a friend of mine a long time ago in college who said, I never call a person stupid because if they aren't stupid, then I'm wrong. And if they are stupid, they won't understand me. And either way, I'm not changing anything. I always like that. Don't point out to a stupid person that they're stupid because you can't change it anyway. All you can do is get yourself an angry, stupid person. Anyway, um, in the same vein, anybody who thinks, hey, I'm going to publish the 50,000 words I suddenly threw together is probably not someone who's listening for serious professional advice. And probably won't accept it, no matter how well-meaning it is. I'm going to tip up my hat for a little bit, because Ms. Ripley has to take a constitutional. So anyway. Yeah, I tend not to tell people don't publish in December. For the same reason I don't call stupid people stupid. But I know there are some good writers out there as well in the nano world, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they put together. Uh, yeah, I know. That's me groaning as I kneel, because I'm still quite ill.
tying these little bags is a lot harder to do with gloves on. All right. And we're back. Uh, so yeah, still quite ill, but antibiotics are working, pain meds are working. I got no complaints today. Uh, let's see, what else? Yesterday, we got a new board game called The Witches that is based off of Terry Pratchett's Witches. And while the game itself is challenging and interesting and fun, the really funny part is the, uh, the most of the funny part is what's taken from Pratchett. It's like, you know how readers will take something funny that you wrote and they'll quote the funny thing and you can tell, there's not all readers obviously, but there's a few of them that, that the wit that they get is from the wit that they read and they parrot it, but they don't move on to make their own version of the wit to come up with their own witticisms, you know? I kind of get that feeling from these guys. I mean, Pratchett is a treasure trove of humor. But, uh... But in this game, they seem to have just taken the names, and the names can be funny enough. I mean, you don't just have Lanker Castle and Lanker Town, you have the place where the sun shines not. Or uh, the long man. You do not want to see what the icon for the long man is. Uh, and they've got all the serious bad guys, the vampires, and all that. You don't actually get to play the regular witches, which I was really kind of bummed by, because we'd already assigned goal. Uh, we'd already assigned who our avatars would be. Allie was going to be Weatherwax, of course. The EP was going to be uh, Magrat. Although, I was figuring if they had four pieces, it would be Nanny Og, Granny Weatherwax, Magrat, and Tiffany Aching. Of that set, Tiffany Aching was the only one who made the list. She's the only playable character. And so, of course, the EP took that. Then after that, I looked for the one that was most like Nanny Og, and Allie looked for the one that was most like Granny Weatherwax. Which meant that, which meant that Allie started off the game with just a little bit of insanity, and I started off the game with the ability to heal one pig. So... So insofar as that goes, we stay true to the idea. Anyway, so it was pretty fun. We had some stumbling blocks trying to figure out how a single turn went. We played through once and it was kind of disastrous. But the second time, 
we were getting through it pretty quick, coming up with clever strategies and such. It even comes with little pewter figurines for each of them, which we can call Weatherwax and Og and Magrat, even though they're not. Don't know why they chose that. I mean, you don't get like Marvel Secret Wars, the video game, and say, man, I really want to play Luke Cage. I can't wait to team up against uh, Molecule Man and the Rhino. Now you don't say that because you go, wow, I've got all the X-Men, I've got Spider-Man, I've got, you know, the Hulk, all these people I could play, why would I play the second string characters? Anyway, wasn't my choice. The key thing was, we were finally able to get it. This is actually a British game. Normally can't find it in the US. We had to have it shipped from far away. So, that's pretty cool. Unfortunately, one of the pewter pieces was broken in shipping. One of the witch's heads came clean off. Which, honestly, I thought was kind of funny. But Allie, recognizing how valuable and rare this is, saw less humor in it. Corgi! Hello, Corgi. Anyway, we're at about 18 minutes now. By now, the uh, robo-voice should have told us that we've come a mile, but I haven't gotten good GPS on it in a while, so, so I stuck to a path that I knew was about two miles, two and a quarter, something like that. And it's a pretty path. Leads us by the fountain. I didn't get a thousand words today. I feel a little bit upset about that, but not a lot. I mean, Thanksgiving has kind of shuffled my entire plan. So, but the thing is, my entire plan involves writing, what, 300,000 words? No, uh, 90 times four. 1.0 miles in 24 minutes, 
Well, nine times four is almost exactly 360,000, which would mean one 1,000 words every day. But nine times three is 270,000, which means I'd only be working for 270 out of 365 days. So if I assume three books a year with a goodly chunk on the next one, then I'm doing all right. I got plenty of leeway. That was the key. I had to leave space so that missing a day or a few days for illness or vacation or both won't derail the process. Every game company I've ever worked for has said, don't worry about crunch time. We factor crunch time into our schedule so that we don't ever crunch. Every single one of them was wrong. Because the whole definition of crunch time is we didn't plan for this. And uh, I put it together at one point after about 10 years of making video games. I had spent as much time in unpaid overtime as I had spent in regular salaried employment. Meaning, for every week that I got paid for 40 hours, I worked 80 for 10 years. Yeah. I love the people that I met making video games. I love the stuff that I learned. It has been a good experience in that way. But uh, video game management is ridiculous. I mean, just shockingly dumb. And I can say that because I don't expect I'm ever going to be a video game programmer again. If I was, then I'd have to be like the EA people who go like, no, it's the best job ever. Love it. I come to work early because I love my work. I stay late because I love to make things, beautiful things. And that's true. They do do that because they sure as hell don't do it to support their family. Now I'm just bitter. But yeah, there comes a point where you look around and say, wow, I have been a really bad husband. I've been going to work and I've been playing with playing with videos. I have been making imaginary elves on the screen for half or a third of what I'm worth. And I've been okay with that because I've been playing instead of working. Don't get me wrong. Worked a lot. But working in the video game industry is a lot more like playing than working in any other industry. There's like one seagull on every lamppost. It's kind of funny. They're looking for people to drop things. I'm really tempted to 
drop Ripley's contribution. Here, have a little bag. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Never mind. It's a little bit of irony. Bunch of seagulls just hanging around a sign that says no loitering. Here, Ripley. Ripley, sit. Stay. Stay. Want to get good? No, sit. Stay. Want to get a good picture? Sit. Sit. Stay. Good girl. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Ripley is frightened by everything, but she's more frightened of being alone, I think, than anything else. Anyway, so where was I? We uh, published today. Uh, still sick. Started a new game. Call of Duty Ghosts. Never played Call of Duty before. I don't know if Ghosts is a good representation of what the game is like. But it's kind of interesting. When you start off the game, it is absolutely beautiful. I mean, the vistas that it shows you are just amazing. Uh, I mean, I'm playing it on an Xbox 360, but I'm thinking, wow, I have not seen a responsive graphic system like this in years. It settles down after a while to become a pretty basic by the rails shooter. Here, follow me, follow me. Oh wait, there's a whole bunch of people, shoot them. Okay, now follow me, follow me. And there's a story, of course, where one indistinguishable old white guy tells you that other indistinguishable old white guy is really, really bad. So you need to go out and kill indistinguishable old white guy. They make this thing about ghosts. These special elite operatives who travel by, you know, stealth. They're never seen by their enemies until they're dead. And, um, alright, well, after playing Dishonored, I have a certain penchant for stealth games. I had some fun with Dishonored. Didn't like their moral, uh, crap with that morality play stuff where they force your hand into doing something and then blame it on you but hey I still enjoyed the sneaking around and knocking people out stuff one thing I didn't like though in this Call of Duty Ghosts 
is that they're, they're playing the same kind of morality stuff. You're uh, getting onto a chopper. Your friends are all captured, or they're trying to climb on after you to freedom. And one guy is trapped on a girder. You're about to be pulled up by the helicopter, but he's trapped. So you have a choice. You can either let him go or not. And they present that as let go, hit the B button. And so if it's a choice, I choose no. We'll find another way. I will cut the girder open. I will find some, you know, some way to keep the guy alive. We will get him out of that trap somehow. Instead, what happens is the game decides, okay, well, you haven't let him go, so I'm going to let you both die. Now you get to make that decision again. Basically, the game forces you to play over and over and over again until you decide that, yes, you are okay with just giving up your friend without trying. And that is not a choice. You're not choosing anything when you do that. I would have preferred if they had made that just part of the cinematic. Then at least I would have felt like, well, it's not my fault. And I mean, I do. I know it's not my fault because I know there was one button and choosing to hit it or not. Canadian geese. Ninja Canadian geese, apparently. Heard but not seen. Anyway, I know it wasn't a choice. But why do they make you feel like this is your fault? You could have saved him, but you didn't. Except I couldn't have saved him. You're just trying to make me feel bad about it. I don't need video games with guilt trips. There they are. Just saw the line of Canadian geese. Heading more or less west for some reason. To avoid any problems, we will now walk on the other side of the street because I see a dog on our 12 block. Anyway, so we're getting the low battery signal again. Last time it cut out at like 28 minutes. I don't know what the deal was there. It was totally charged and I was in the middle of talking about it being charged when it cut out, which I thought was pretty funny in retrospect. Apologize for all the sniffling. I know I do it a lot, but it's part of having this cold and part of the wind and everything. Sinuses get all messed up. Man, I really feel for this guy. 
every few days I come out here and I see that he's having to charge his battery. Anyway. What else? Allie's birthday is next week. And what with renters and work and sickness and all that, I have been remiss in my planning. I need to fix that. We're going to be having our Christmas in a couple of weeks around 14th, I suppose, so we can share it with some friends and family. The VP is not going to be with us this year for Christmas. She is going out for visitation with Allie's ex-husband. who flew all the way back from Afghanistan to be with his family, but then decided he didn't need the EP except for a few days. <sighs> Don't want to be a jerk. Oops. Hi. Hello, puppy. Hello, puppy. Uh, I was hoping to fly under that dog's radar, but I failed. <sighs> so anyway. Yeah, we have to do this occasionally. Reschedule Christmas. And while the EP is pretty cool about it, we always feel a little bad because we know she's trying her best and it's hard having to uh, deal with two families and of course when we're talking to her we always say you know that Allie's relationship with her ex is not the same as her as the EP's relationship with her ex. And that there's absolutely nothing wrong with her loving him and loving us at the same time. But it's still kind of straining on her. It's better now, though. When she first met me, she was four. And this whole thing was very confusing for her. And all we could do was tell her, good news, most people only get one family. You got two. And try to make the best of it. These days, now that she's 10, more sophisticated, 
more understanding of how the world works. <coughs> and let's face it, she's smart as a whip. So that's not a big problem. Not anymore. When we have to hand her over, there will still be tears. She always cries when she goes to see them, but she never cries when she comes to see us. And it's hard not to point that out. Which I suppose I just did, but let's face it. Allie Zax is not listening in on how I do my morning walk. So this is probably safe. I say safe because he will use basically anything he can against us. I mean, he has tried over and over again, made up terrible lies about us. Just uh, just to win. I mean, he's proven he doesn't even care. He just wants to win. Anyway. All right, we're at the house now, so I got to go back in. And I will talk to you guys later.